Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we talk about movies that we've seen over the past seven days. Or in this case, it's a special edition where we talk about one movie that we've both seen. Uh, I'm Nick And the last season of Game of Thrones. (laughs) Uh, I'm Nick Panonto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, we both watched Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yes, we did. Yep, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. And who do we have to thank for this gift? Scott Cahall, our good friend, who he's not from Germany, but he's in Germany. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for delivering this porn movie without any porn. <laughs> so true. Um, so. This is this is our our extended discussion episode, which means we're just going to do like a deep dive on this movie we both watched. But Matt and I have both agreed that we don't have a whole lot of material for this movie. So at the end of the episode, we're going to recap Game of Thrones because we want to talk about that. And uh, so stay tuned for it. But the year is 1988. Rowdy Roddy Piper is fresh off the heels of the classic film They Live, which I've never seen. Neither have I. Uh, I mean, I've seen the fight sequence, that like real long fight that he and Keith David have, but I've never seen the actual movie. I've never seen the fight sequence, but I have seen him say the bubblegum thing a lot. I don't, I don't know what that is. He says, I, I came here to do two things, oh, kick ass yeah. and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubble gum. So, first things first, thank God this movie is only an hour and 26 minutes long. Indeed. Now, I at I least had the pleasure of watching it over Skype with Scott. So, he, uh-huh. th- that made it a lot more tolerable and entertaining. Uh, oh, I watched this alone. And I, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I, I really do. My heart goes out to you, Nick. <laughs> So the basic plot of this movie, it's the post-nuclear war future, and I couldn't really get a handle on when this was supposed to be. Yeah. Like, is it only supposed to be 10 years after the nuclear war, or is it 20 years after the nuclear war? I I don't know. I have no idea. Long enough for a whole race of amphibian people to evolve and become full-grown. Well, that's another... That's another question that I had is that are the are the lizard people um, lizards turned into humans or humans turned into lizards? Oh, I didn't I didn't realize they were like um, mutated, like from one species that just got warped into another, like some sort of like secret of the ooze kind of thing. I uh-huh. th- I thought they evolved. Um, and I don't know f- from which direction. I w- if I had to guess right now, I'd say amphibians turned into people. Okay. That makes sense because the one guy like makes a lot of animal noises. Uh-huh. But so uh, anyway, it's the post-nuclear war future. We start off with this one guy wearing a beekeeper costume, and he finds a Statue of Liberty, which I think is supposed to be a joke, like a planet of the apes joke he finds a statue of liberty statue and he like picks it up and is examining it and this 
Mad Max kind of guy comes over and takes it from him. And so then the beekeeper guy shoots him with a gun. Yeah. And he's like, mutants can't have weapons. And it's at this moment I went, oh, the beekeeper guy is a mutant, I guess. Because this beekeeper guy shows up like 10 times, but we never learn anything about him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who he is. Uh, and then uh, the credits are rolling on this movie. And there's one name that popped up a ton of times, which is Randall Frakes. And I'm like, Randall Frakes is real proud of his work. I don't know who directed it. Let me pull up the IMDb for it. I have it right here. Uh, it was directed by Donald G. Jackson and R.J. Kaiser. And they both sound like porn directors. So, <laughs> Well, they yeah, well, it feels like it. Yeah. Um and so then uh so then we meet Rowdy Roddy Piper's character Sam Hell or as he's sometimes called Hellman or Hellwise or something like that. They give him like three different names in this movie. Um I did not even catch that. I, I yeah, just one, I just thought it was Sam Hell. At one point, the blonde lady who, in a text, you referred to as James Woods. <laughs> I did I refer to her as James Woods, or did I say she looked like James Woods? It doesn't matter. Because, well, <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 I said to to Scott uh, when she first showed up, I was like, I gotta look this woman up because I'm pretty sure she's James Woods' sister. She's not <laughs> Jamie Woods. Yeah. Well, and he was saying, no, I think she, I think she's, uh, she's, um, Roy Scheider's sister, which I could see that too, but I, I still feel like she looks more like James Woods or something about her, oh, yeah. her mouth. That's got James Woods lips. I, it's, I think it's the cheekbones and the nose that really make her look like James Woods. Cause like once you said it, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think I think Roy Scheider and James Woods have similar features themselves. Oh, I disagree. But, I but Roy Scheider's just a really attractive man, and James <laughs> Woods is—I uh, mean, he looks like an asshole. <laughs> um, uh, and it's, so it starts off with with Sam Hell. Uh, he's like in prison or something, and some cop is interrogating slash torturing him for. I guess banging his daughter or something. I'm not entirely sure why he's in jail. Yeah. He says something smart to the cop and the cop breaks a beer bottle over his head. And I'm like, that's not going to get you a lot of answers. If you're interrogating somebody, that's just going to kill them. Or at least knock them unconscious or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so then like the government bursts through the door and they say, uh, stop beating up sam hell because he's got the power to impregnate women and yeah he's got the super juice yeah he's he's the most virile man that's alive and they need him to impregnate women and that's going to be his job is to basically impregnate women and so they give him some special government underwear where if he tries to take it off it'll explode yeah it's like uh, a super shock explosion chastity belt yeah, it's got like a taser built into it, and it's to keep him under control. 
And and basically, like I said, his job is to bang chicks, knock them up, and create future soldiers for for this war, this nuclear war that's still ongoing, even though they talk about the war in the past tense. Now, I'm going to jump in and ask you a question here. Uh Uh-huh. And and I know we haven't gotten through the entire plot yet, even though there's not much more to it. Um, uh-huh. But what what was your takeaway in terms of Sam Hill's attitude towards this job? He didn't seem to want to do it. Yeah. And then there are other moments where he's like, he's kind of like winking at the camera. Like, yeah. All right. If I have to have sex if with I all these to, ladies, I, I guess like, I will. Like that first woman that he rapes, and he's like, he's like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I guess I will. And they like give her a roofie in order to make her into it. But we'll get to that. <laughs> and then, like, I guess they introduce that there aren't very many men left in this society at all. So it's a lot of a lot of females, including a female army. And then this one, like, super tough female soldier whose name I just keep writing down is Chlamydia. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't remember her name. It's like Centrilia, and so I just yeah. went with Chlamydia. She's pretty um, hot, though. I mean, like, 80s hot. Uh, well, I, I kept I kept likening her to uh, Mia Jovovich. Oh, yeah, all right. I'll give you that. She had that, like, wet, slicked-back hair Yeah, her hair look. slicked back the whole time. The whole, Like, it looked like she just got out of the shower four days ago. Or for four days. What? <laughs> it looked like she just got out of the shower for four days. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So I think every, like, for the most part, like all people are infertile. Not, I guess not everybody, but because of the post-apocalyptic or post-atomic like fallout and they have collected women who are fertile and he's the one man that they found who's fertile. Right. So it's kind of kind of across the board. It's it's not like a, it's only affected sperm, but they have a bunch of women that they that they've had sort of tagged in a way and and then they've been kidnapped. So they got him and then they're like, "Well, now that we got the big dick guy, let's take him and find these women who got stolen." Right. And the women that got stolen are pacifists or something. And they refuse to escape. So Rowdy Roddy Piper, Jamie Woods, and Chlamydia have to let, go let, save let's them. Let's call her Mia Jovovich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep saying Chlamydia because I, right. I wrote it down a hundred times. Um, but uh, they decide to infiltrate hostile mutant territory in this pink obnoxious car because they're women. They have to drive in a pink car. From, like, the 20s. Um, yeah. And so, like, their their job is to go free these women, and then he's supposed to just bang them on the spot because they're ready to go. And and it's at this point I write down that Rowdy Roddy Piper is just a terrible actor. He's just the worst. He is really bad. <laughs> he's got, like, one goofy face that he, he makes yeah. all the time. And they're going to this place called Frogtown, which is, like, a, a lizard... A lizard man location. And then it's it's their first night and they're all sleeping out in the desert. And the James Woods girl starts doing like a weird sexy dance in her lingerie that she brought with her. And and then she like starts trying to seduce him. And he's like, he's like, I'm not into it or I'm not in the mood. 
And then she's like, are you sure? She's like, are you sure? I'm going to take off my gigantic glasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous glasses. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, all right, fine. We can bang if you want. And like, he goes to bang. We can bang if she- you want to. <laughs> yeah. And she like grabs her earring and her earrings connected to his, um, his government underwear. And it starts electrocuting him. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, she's like, I'm supposed to keep you in a constant state of arousal, but not allow you to f- complete or whatever. She's trying to get him to build up his, his cum. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep you going, but you can't have a release because we want to save up as much as possible. And so then, like, she, like, leaves after electrocuting his balls for, like, a minute. And then Chlamydia comes over in the middle of the night and sexually assaults him. And she takes off her clothes, and then we get to see the only pair of boobs in the whole movie. And this is on YouTube. It was on YouTube? Yeah. That's how I watched it. Oh, wow. And yeah, at that moment, I was like, you can't show boobs on YouTube. And I was informed by Scott that they're out there. (laughs) And then, like, it's the next morning, uh, and they're, like, driving away again well yeah uh, but but he doesn't get to uh doesn't the the blonde lady jamie woods um stops them oh yeah and yeah. she she's and like, she's like all pissed off like uh i'm jealous she's like you're out of uniform chlamydia uh, Which, and speaking of the uniforms um oh yeah the uh, mia jovovich uh, and I, and I, you know, like I don't mean to objectify everyone. This movie's just got so little to offer. Otherwise, that all you can pretty much do is just look at the people and be like, "All right, here's how they look." Um, yeah, she's got sort of Tomb Raidery type sexy outfits going on. The other yeah. lady, I, I would like to see what like her closet because she's got a weird assortment of yeah. outfits. Like she's all of like- a sudden. Yeah, go she ahead. She goes from like nerdy scientist to like Victoria's Secret model. Oh, or like like the hot topic version of Victoria's Secret. Like, here's a sexy witch costume that I'm just going to wear <laughs> as though it's like I don't know, uh, her her stripper costume. Um and her and her I, this might just be an 80s thing, but her lingerie is fucking weird. Yeah, it is not doing it for me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm sorry. So so she interrupts. She's mad. Yeah, and then that scene ends, and it's like the next morning, and they're just driving. And then it's at this point I wrote a note where they they take this shot of him like glaring at James Woods driving about three or four times like it's the same shot of her driving and he giving her the side eye like i can't stand you like three or four times yeah well i was just gonna say yeah and throughout the entire movie the there's no gradual build okay so spoiler alert everybody at the end (laughs) they like each other but it's it doesn't have like what a good movie would have (laughs) where the where the the uh the relationship builds kind of gradually and you know spoiler alert for game of thrones you know like jamie and brianne um it's just they they have this like 
lusty attraction. And then the next page of the script, they hate each other. And then the next page, they have this almost going to kiss each other thing. And then the next page, they hate each other. It's just back and forth more than it is like developing. Yeah. It's it's either on or it's off. Yeah. Uh, and then they have an argument about the contract he signed with the government where where she has a copy of it. And it's like 40 pages long. And she says, here's where it says in subsection B, article four, where you're going to bang all the women we tell you to bang. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he like grabs the contract and throws it out the sunroof of the car. And I'm like, throwing away a contract doesn't just make it void. You know, I mean, I'm sure they have a copy of it. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they don't. It would make sense if they had their own. (laughs) But. Uh, you know, I don't know if I I can't imagine too many printers. Yeah. Uh, and then at this point they like, it's nighttime again or something. And they come in like their sensor detects a person and they like track the person down. Who's like trying to get away. And it turns out it's some, uh, almost feral woman who's escaped frog town. And, and Jamie Woods says, um, She's very fertile. You're going to have to bang her. And so she gives her this shot that like subdues her and makes her really horny. And and then he's like, I don't think I want to do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he doesn't want to just rape the girl. Uh, but then he does anyway. And, uh, and, and at this point, uh, this is when she calls him Hellman, which, which was weird because that's not his name. It sounds like mayonnaise. Exactly. So, and then, and then it's at this, at this point, this is before he rapes the girl, but like he says, she says, I guess I need to, uh, arouse you. And she starts doing another sexy dance and she's wearing a totally different set of lingerie. And, uh, at this point I wrote her glasses are hideous. <laughs> she's, she's got terrible, terrible glasses. Um, and then like. And I, I don't she, know if those were oversized glasses in the 80s or if they were just normal 80s glasses, but damn, they're huge. Yeah, I don't know. They seem pretty pretty hideous. But then at the same time, if you think back to um, who's the chick from Top Gun? Uh, Kelly McGillis? Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis has some hideous glasses in Top Gun, and that's like 1986, I want to say. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking this is a, one of those cases in which it, it, the 80s were just hideous. Yeah. They were a terrible time. It's true. If like, we have any we'll... listeners who are too young to remember the 80s, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You only experience the wonderful colors of the 90s. Uh, yeah, that's enough suffering anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so then the, the girl that they gave the horny shot to is like all into him. And I'm like, this is still technically rape. She's she doesn't she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Our hero, yeah. The hero of the movie is raping a girl with the intention of impregnating her. Yeah, that's that's not even a technicality. This is just outright wrong. Yeah. Um, and so then like it cuts away um, and then we see the beekeeper guy again and some frog sound effects. And then and then that's it. And then it's like the next morning and Rowdy Roddy Piper has banged the feral woman back into being normal. And now she's on their team where she's like, I'll tell you anything, you know, because I'm in love. Anything, you know, huh? 
<laughs> What's, I'll tell you anything you know. <laughs> Just to reinforce it. Yeah. Um, and so then they ask her, like, where'd you come from? Blah, 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 all that stuff. She's like, well, I came from Frogtown and, and my sisters are there. or the, My girlfriends are all there. And they're like, okay, well, here, put on this wristband and start walking that way. And eventually someone will find you. And don't worry, mothers are heroes. You'll be treated like a queen, uh, implying that she's already pregnant from Rowdy Roddy Piper. Of course she is. And and she could not be th- more thrilled about the whole thing. Uh, and then uh, and then we see Chlamydia, and she's wearing some new set of sexy Tomb Raider clothes. Uh, and then Rowdy Roddy Piper and. James Woods have to go on foot where she puts on this SM uh, BDSM costume with a, like a chain around her throat and they have to walk to Frogtown, which is just some old factory. Uh, yeah, they- Frogtown reminds me of uh, if you played Fallout 3, the um, I think the name of the town is Adam. Probably any yeah. of the any of the towns from Fallout Three. I know I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Until they get inside, then it's like a, a mega non entertain. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then once uh, once they get into the kind of the building that they're in, it's a it's a non fun version of that that cantina from Star Wars. But there's not really much music going on. No, it's it's awful. It's first off, they've got no electricity it seems, but they have neon lights being powered. <laughs> and and they've got a guy whose job it is is to turn this hand crank which powers a stereo. Yeah, they they and, need some of those kids from Snowpiercer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh and so we get inside this building and you see the guy turning the crank for the stereo and and then there's like a stripper lady or like a um, burlesque burlesque dancer, and it's like this fish woman wearing oh. this. Yeah, go ahead. She's just wearing this horrible. She looks like the monster from uh, The Shape of Water, but like wearing man clothes and with a big face. No, she looks like uh, you're kind of right about the monster from Shape of Water, but like she's wearing the grandma's cl- like grandma's closet version of the chiquita banana head uh, it, uh, <laughs> on top of like a, a weird like old wedding dress yeah and listeners i don't know if we've mentioned this before but i have a strong personal distaste for muppets and people <laughs> in costumes and stuff and and this is a point in the movie where at which i just started gagging because it's so disgusting and people should not have to look at stuff like this they're really gross oh god uh and not and not in a they're supposed to be scary and it's an effective horror effect kind of thing it's just disgusting special effects yeah prosthetics and stuff yeah yeah um at this point rowdy piper goes to the bar and asks for a drink he like bangs on the table and says, "Bartender, drink." And I don't know what he expected to happen, but they hand him a drink, and as he goes to drink it, his eyes are already crossed before he tastes yes. it. Yeah, I said that too. I was like, "Why are his <laughs> eyes already crossed?" When he hasn't even actually gotten any to his mouth yet, 
And then when he does drink it, then he crosses his eyes again. Like, why did you drink it if it smelled so bad that it was making your eyes cross? Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's because he's a terrible actor. I think so, too. Uh, And then we meet, like, an old friend of his. Yeah, that's true. That's sad. Then we meet, like, an old man friend of his named Looney. And they imply that Looney was 80 years old 30 years ago, which, uh, uh, you know, which means he's like 120 years old or 110, 110. 110. And um, the only thing that I can say about Looney is that he just looks like he's got some great teeth for an old man who lives in the radioactive wasteland. He's got some great teeth. Well, and aside from Mia Jovovich. Um, who again I thought was rather attractive. Uh, this guy is the probably of all the people in the movie. He's got the most actual like character to his face. Yeah, like he, it, it, I'm not saying like I want to be looking at him, but I'm like, hey, wait, <laughs> you seem like a normal human being. Okay, uh-huh. you have more than three expressions. <clears throat> he he definitely looks like the kind of guy who's probably in a ton of westerns from the '60s. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I could also see like if he if he were to play characters like this one more, he might fit into like a Jim Varney corner of the universe. Yeah, I could see that too. Um and then the the loony guy takes him to meet the guy in charge of the bar who's like this lizard man and and then, like, they sit down to eat this dinner called Slush, and this got, like, a, a genuine laugh out of me, where, where Slush is just ground-up lizards and ground-up turtles, and it just looks like cream cheese and jello, green jello. Ugh, I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> and I, I forget what the setup for the joke is, but basically, Rowdy's like, what is this? And he goes, it's a ground-up turtle and ground-up lizard. It's called Slush. It's pretty good. And uh, that made me laugh. I was like, that's pretty funny. And then the lizard man watches Rowdy eat the lizard turtle mix. And he's like, excellent, excellent. <laughs> he's, he's got this, he's this horrible lizard monster man. And he's just so excited to see a man eat lizard goo. It's so awful. It's just so awful. And then, like, basically, he makes a deal with the lizard man to sell James Woods to her or to him for something for some reason and it's all part of their plan to rescue the women that are trapped and then they make a deal and the guy hands him a beer and it's like a real beer and it's been it's been so long since he had a beer and it's a Coors original and and all i could think was i don't think i've ever had Coors original but i've had plenty of Coors light which is gross i've and had then, uh, i've had like two Coors lights and there's a reason I haven't had more. <laughs> yeah. But like I've never had a Coors original, I don't think. The Banquet Beer. And uh so that's that. Is that and then, what it's called? The Banquet Beer? Yeah, that's like Sam Elliott's voiceover in the Coors Originals commercial where he's like, The Banquet Beer. I don't even know what that means. Get yourself Coors Original. Um and so then this is when I had the question, it's, has it been 10 years since the nuclear war or 20? And then are these monsters, humans turned lizards or lizards turned humans? And then 
And then the lizard man asked Rowdy, can James Wood's wife or James Wood's girl dance? And then another, this is my favorite part of the whole movie. Some other lizard man who comes over, who I guess is like the mayor of lizard of frog town. And he comes over and gets real mad that they were doing this underhanded deal. And Rowdy starts to argue with him, or the other lizard man starts to argue with him. And the guy just yells, shut your hole. <laughs> they got you, huh? <laughs> it really did. Because <laughs> he's just like, shut your hole! <laughs> <laughs> And it comes out of this frog lizard's mouth. It's so funny. I gotta I'm gonna I'm gonna copy and paste it into this part of the show. So right here is where you're gonna hear it. Shut your hole Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, we've never done a, a sound effect before, so I, <laughs> I wasn't prepared to respond to something that didn't happen. Uh, boy, it was great. And then Rowdy gets punched in the stomach, which he gets punched in the stomach so hard he's knocked out. Yeah. Uh, And then there's more lizard man yelling. And then when Rowdy wakes up from being knocked out, the fish lady's trying to seduce him, which is really gross. Like, she just looks, it just really gross. Like, she just looks so nasty. It's, It's the worst. Yeah. And then while she's trying to to bang Rowdy, he um his his government underwear starts beeping. If he gets too far away from James Woods, his his underwear starts making this beeping sound as a warning to say if you get too far away, you're going to get electrocuted in the balls again. And so his crotch starts beeping, and it's like nothing like a loud beeping crotch on an espionage mission. Like who could imagine that they'd get separated? during their mission and then i wrote this note imagine being on set while they're making this movie like how would you react to any of this i would probably spend most of my time trying to have conversation with mia jovovich (laughs) um because it's it's i think it's at this point where where james woods is is like down in like a cavern and and rowdy's like up up on some balcony watching them and they're like telling her to like dance or get ready for the dance of the three snakes and it's this lizard man with these beekeeper dudes like like and i'm like what the hell is going on like how did this movie get approved to be made in any way oh yeah yeah there's there's Uh, there's no excuse for it yeah and then they take James Woods to like the all the other women, and these are the women that she's supposed to save. And now this is where I get really confused as to what's going on, because all these women start erotically draping these silk cloths over James Woods, and I couldn't figure out, uh, are they seducing her, or are the scarves making her really horny? Is that what's happening? Like, do you know what was going on there? Oh, not at all. No, I have no idea what was happening there. Because she was really into it. Yeah, she seems like she is. Like, there's something about her that seems like she's enjoying it. And then she's like, I guess they they actually put a name to the thing, like the dance of the three snakes. And then she's like, wait, what's that? I'm out of here. 
Yeah. Yeah. As is doesn't make any sense at all, but like they're doing it for forever. And at first it starts off where it seems like she's been drugged and you're like, okay, she's been drugged. And then you're like, no, she's just really into it. So I don't know. Maybe they're like hypnotizing her. Yeah. And then they come to take James Woods to go see the King lizard and she's you know like, you can- you've called her James Woods so many times now that I feel like <laughs> someone out there, depending on how many people actually listen to this commentary on Hell Comes to Frogtown, um, well, I guess it's not commentary, but you know whatever. Um, if they if they miss that, like if they're driving and they miss that conversation where we're talking about her looking like James Woods. Throughout this whole thing, they keep hearing you say James Woods, but in all these situations, like, then she's putting on this lingerie, and then she takes off her glasses. Anyway, continue. Um, so she says, uh, she, st- she fights back a little and tells the women, we need to fight back. We can free ourselves from this. And then the one, like, leader girl is like, you may be right. And then some other people come in and take her away and then they lock the door and she like turns to the camera and she goes, then again, <laughs> they don't do anything. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. I did enjoy that where she's like, we will fight back. Eh, maybe not. Uh, and then Rowdy Roddy Piper is rescued by the fish lady and then she gets stabbed in the heart with a big drill bit. And then... Th- th- and then he kills a lizard man and hey did in, yeah <laughs> did you did you get the impression that he and the fish lady knew each other like had some sort of like back uh backstory or something uh not he and the fish lady but James Woods and her did like they knew each other okay because um, they had like a, some secret code word where it's like, I still love you or, or something like that. And that meant everything was going as planned. Um, so what happens next? Uh, it ends. No, it doesn't. It keeps going on for so long. Um, the James Woods chick has to do like a crazy sexy dance for this lizard man who like is getting a hard on while <laughs> while it's happening. And that is disturbing because I guess he has three penises is the joke. That's why it's called the dance of the three snakes. Oh, okay. And I had no idea why it was called that. I I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. Um, But while she's doing her dance, they play like this Arabian music that the guy who cranks the stereo generator has to play. Uh And every time he goes to make music, he sighs and like cracks his shoulders a little bit. And I was like, that's kind of funny, too. Uh, All right. So then they they all get they all get out like they he rescues her. They rescue all of the women. uh, And then they're all supposed to cram into this tiny pink car. Wait, Uh, wait, wait a minute. Somewhere in there. The old guy gets blown up or something, right? Oh, that that's coming up. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So, like, they're, like, fighting their way out of the building, and somewhere along the way they get shotguns. And uh, it's at this point that Rowdy Piper and the, the chick are in love. They're in love with each other now. And uh, they make a comment about the 
war being a long time ago, but it's still ongoing because he had like a daughter who's dead and he had like this, the only memento he has from his daughter is this locket. And, uh, as they go to make their final escape, here comes Looney who's like saving them with a flare gun and he just keeps shooting flares at the lizard monsters. And, uh, and then it's, it's, this is when I discovered, or I wrote down that the, the head frogman he talks and sounds just like the shredder from the turtles movies where he's like, baby, baby, babies. He sounds just like it. Like with that, like reverb kind of sound effect too. Like to the point where I kind of wanted to look it up and see if it was the same actor, but I don't care enough. No. Uh, so then they all escape. Uh, Looney gets shot, uh, and it's implied that he gets shot in like the chest or something. Cause he like comes hobbling out and Rowdy saves him and throws him in the car. And then they're like driving away. And Blood's apparently Looney, out of the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. Like he got shot in yeah. the head <laughs> and then he just dies. Uh, and then the frogmen get into their own car and they're, they're trying to chase these guys down and they take the time for this three second shot of the headlights turning on for a midday car chase. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and then he gives Rowdy Roddy Piper back in the pink car, gives her that side eyed look again because she's still driving, I guess. Looney dies. And then it's, and then the movie just turns into Mad Max for a while. Um, yeah, that's the second of, time you've compared it to Mad Max. I've never seen Mad Max, but uh, I feel like that's probably and p- probably it's probably so much better than this that you shouldn't even bring him up in the same sentence. Yeah, well, I mean, the the Mad Max just because it's a post apocalyptic car chase. Oh yeah, no, no, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah, uh, I just feel like uh, like if you could talk to this movie, you'd go, "You wish you were Mad Max." Oh, yeah, it really wishes it was. It really does. Um, And then Chlamydia gets cut somehow. She gets this little scratch on her arm, and then she can't fire the gun anymore. And then it's revealed that the cop at the beginning of the movie who cracked the bottle over Rowdy Roddy Piper's head is, like, the main bad guy of the movie or something, or just another bad guy. Like, he's the guy who's been selling weapons to the mutants, which is illegal. And then they have this drawn out sequence of Rowdy Piper killing him. And he's oh, right. got- hey, where he like jumps over a boulder or something. And then, yeah, there was something really weird about that fight. Um, I have a couple of notes about the fight. Um, first of all, he's got this grenade launcher that no one ever uses, which I found very annoying. Like they try to use it, but it doesn't work. Uh-huh. And then. And then, like, he's like, hand me my sword. And, like, he could just grab the sword himself. Like, his hand is right by his sword, but he wants one of the pacifist women to hand it to him. Uh, anyway, so he gets the sword and throws it at the cop, and the cop just starts leaking red paint all over the desert. Uh, there's a weird Star Wars wipe. And then uh, he comes across his body because he's going to finish the job. And you can clearly see that the body is breathing. Like you can just see him breathing in and out. And then, uh, and then it's when I realized that the cop looks like he could be a young version of Curly from city slickers. Like if you took Curly from city slickers and then, and Jack Palance died as yes. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name. He's like a young Jack Palance, but like if he was already an old man, so there's that. 
And I wrote the note, we better see this grenade launcher get used. And we never do. Um, and uh, and then I, I noticed, like, I, I don't think you'll get this reference, but uh, I'm pretty sure that this is the same location where Captain Kirk fought the lizard monster in the classic episode of Star Trek. Because it, it looks a lot like that place. So if anybody knows at home, let us know. Is yeah, this where know. Kirk fought the... I think it's called a Gorgon from that episode of Star Trek. Uh, is that where the fight took place? It's the same place in Hell Comes to Frogtown? Because it has a very uh, iconic-looking rock feature behind it. Uh, and then the fight goes on for forever. Um, and then Rowdy's fighting the frog lizard man again, and he's getting ready to knock him off a cliff, and he grabs his sword and chops off his hand, and they cut away to him falling off the cliff, but his hand is still attached to his body. Uh, and he falls and he's dead. And then, and then, uh, Rowdy goes back to, to find James Woods and she's changed clothes somehow. And, uh, and then they start kissing each other and it is gross. Like, yeah, it is gross. Like I, I, all I can think is that they both must reek of cigarettes and, uh, and like cheap alone. Yeah. Like it is like not attractive at all. And then he, he goes up to chlamydia and he's like, Hey, here's my only memento of my daughter. Now it belongs to you. And then, uh, Rowdy Piper gets in the car to drive because he's a man and the man has to drive home. And, uh, and then James Woods tells him that after he's done banging all the girls in the back of the car, that he gets to bang her. And he's like, a soldier's work is never done. And that's the <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Thank God. Yeah. Oh my God! It is not fun. It was not a fun movie to watch. No. And uh, I'm I'm amazed that you made it sound like there's that much plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it is bad. Uh, and then I wrote one additional note and I was like, who was the beekeeper guy? Cause they, they show this beekeeper guy like 10 times, but they never show anything about him. So they, an unanswered plot thread from hell comes to frog town. All right. So that was, that was that movie. I thought that was going to be a 10 minute conversation. <laughs> Uh, I had a lot of notes. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh man, I'm just glad we got to relive the whole movie uh, again. Yeah, you know what, listeners, don't watch this movie. No, don't watch it. It's not worth it. And and I, I would imagine that most people have either actually like skipped past this to the Game of Thrones thing or not listened to it unless they have already seen it. And if you have already seen it. And so you wanted to hear this discussion about it because you've already suffered through it. God bless you just for for having watched this fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, if you're curious at all, like do like a quick YouTube search of of Hell Comes to Frogtown and Matt says it's just available on YouTube and just skip through it till you get to the lizard monsters and just take a look at them and then turn it off, which is probably an hour in. You're not wrong probably. 
Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of different like uh, previews and stuff like that on YouTube, too. So you can just get a sampling of it and see how disgusting it is and then not watch it. Yeah. it's It was not a fun movie to watch. Like, I would have much rather not seen that. <laughs> yeah. Um, was that the first time Scott had seen it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did he feel about it? Uh, he did not get much enjoyment out of it either. <laughs> Good. <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't think there were many moments where the movie like actually just like had our attention. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there were a, if there were a point that you know one of us went like, oh, there's a fly on the window, and started talking about the fly on the window instead of the movie. Uh-huh. That didn't actually happen, but it could have if a what fly do you had think, shown up. What do you think this movie was rated? Probably. Wh- when was it? 88? 1988. Uh, did PG-13 exist yet? I think so. I think PG-13 came out because of the second Indiana Jones movie. Um, yeah. So it's, it was probably PG. PG? Yeah. Jaws was PG. Well, that was in the seventies, though. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't. Th- you know, without PG thirteen existing, I don't. I don't think this would have been R. Well, this was eighty eight. PG thirteen existed then. Did it? So well, then maybe PG thirteen. Um, yeah, I guess I could just easily look it up. Because, I mean, there's hardly any language in it, and there's just the one set of boobs, which I think you're allowed a PG-13, like, one setter. Uh, R. It's rated R. Wow. Wow. And, oh, and there's a sequel, apparently. Yeah, for, made for TV. Return to Frogtown Frog Town, or something. Frogtown 2. Zalone Gridsjack. I feel like that's a German... Yeah, I, I think the the title I saw on Wikipedia was "Return to Frogtown." Anyway, don't and the watch sequel it. to Hell Comes to Frogtown. The mutant frog leader of Frogtown kidnaps a professor and forces him to make a serum that will turn everyone into frogs. They also kidnap some dot dot dot. Yeah, let's stop this with the movie. Dot, dot dot. We don't need to know about the sequel. <laughs> Uh, the sequel. The sequel. Shut up has about the sequel. 9. Stop it. I can't. <laughs> Do we it's got a two point nine rating. End uh, uh, <laughs> my suffering. Shut your hole. <laughs> Shut your hole. Oh man. Jeez. The original has a five point five rating. Why are we still learning about this movie? end it (laughs) and that's the end of hell comes to Frogtown. let us never speak of it again yeah if it were a living thing i'd say put it down (laughs) all right matt you wanted to discuss the game of thrones well man how, how long is this episode already uh, well, I guess we're going to do it. Minutes we so. said we were doing it at the beginning. So, all right. Game of Thrones, yeah. series finale. Uh, Nick, oh, you're just going right into the series finale. What the hell else are we going to do? We can't talk about the whole show. 
thought you were going to just do the whole season. Oh, it's season eight. Um, yeah. Uh, in in what like fifty? Yeah, minutes? we could do whatever we want. We could start with the. Uh, well, we can probably let's start with around. the season finale. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Um, Sp- oh, spoiler alert for Game of Thrones. There, uh, you've been warned if you haven't seen the most popular <laughs> show on television. Yeah. Uh, well, and by the time whenever this is actually whenever you actually put this out there, because uh, this is like a rainy day not available kind of thing, right? So this is yeah. this is going to air uh, eight months after the last episode of Game of Thrones. Um, oh God, we have to go back to Hell Comes to Frogtown. No, we don't. No, why? Yeah, we do no. We've, we've got to do our movie ranking list. Oh, the fucking one slot above Aquaman. Done. <laughs> really? Are you saying it's better than Aquaman? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to know why? You want to know why? Uh, yeah. Because it's an hour shorter. Uh, uh, I'm guessing 0. 0.5 stars. Yes. And a no as far as recommend. Jesus go. Christ, no. And then me, I'm also going to put it towards the bottom. Uh, this is going to go at the bottom for me. The very bottom. Worse than Batman and Harley Quinn. And the new number 67 slot. Fair enough. And also 0. 0.5 stars. And a no. That's the end of Hell Comes to Frogtown. Kill it. Let us never speak of it again. <laughs> Till Nick remembers he wants to do something else yeah. with it. <laughs> All, All right. right. So Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's start here. For the last episode of this, what was an epic journey, what was your favorite part? Of the last episode? Yes. Um, let me think. Try to remember the whole episode. It It, definitely wasn't the end. Yeah, just try to remember any part of it that you actually enjoyed, if you can. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Any other episode of this show, or at least any other, any episode from another season, you wouldn't have a hard time having something come to mind. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so I don't even know if you will have a favorite thing, but I'm just saying, like any other, any other one, you'd be like, well, oh, well, there was this thing and that thing and these great points. I would say when when the dragon melted the Iron Throne, but it didn't matter. Like if if there was any kind of a build up to that, it would have mattered. Yeah, you know, Um, I I have mixed feelings about that because I feel like. They they do say at some point that dragons are supposed to be these really wise creatures, so it sort of makes sense. But at the same time, it gives the dragon a sort of like personification that I don't know. It was weird to me. Like it felt kind of corny. Oh yeah, it was bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it was like totally out of place. It didn't make any sense. And and it was right after Daenerys dies, but like, why would it melt the throne just because she was dead? Like, like I guess because he can't attack Jon Snow because he's a Targaryen. Well, you know, and that's something that like, have you read the books? I have. Yeah, that's not true at all. You know, at the least Targaryen in the books. Thing? Yeah, no, the dragons killed a bunch of Targaryens. 
Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, because the, uh, there's a whole, um, group of people who like they, there's like a whole uh, race or, or nationality where it's like all these kind of rejected Targaryens um, I want to say it's like Dornish people uh-huh. have Targaryen blood in them um, and that's why the one character who was never in the show just like he's like I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to join this dragon queen and be her husband and you know, fly on dragons and stuff. And then he shows up and the dragon's like, rah, and just burns him. <laughs> like that. Oh yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot all about that guy. He wasn't in the, the show. At no, all, no, 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 no. Um, so that, that was like a long drawn out thing where like she was saying that she would marry him. Uh, I don't think she even really met him. Um, he but but it was a long drawn out thing he showed up in the fifth book and you're like oh my god why are you introducing another big character and then by the time he dies i was like oh i'm actually kind of into this guy and then he meets the dragon and it burns him to death and i'm like oh well that was worth it yeah um but okay so so some things from the last from the last uh episode um why would they let Tyrion talk? <laughs> Why would they let him talk at all? Right. Like, he was about to be executed. He's yeah. still a prisoner. And he just walks on up and they're like, hey, you shut up. And then he's like, uh, you know what? No, I think I'm going to le- lecture you all and decide who's king. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Let me lecture you all while I'm still wearing handcuffs. Why? Well, not even only why would they let him talk. Why would he even be brought there? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And then be allowed to lay out all of the rules for the new means of government. As though... As though, A, it's clear that these are the new rules. and, And again, as though somehow he gets to decide that. And it really is like he's decided it and they're just listening to him. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, so here's what we have to do. And they're just like, oh, okay, well, he's telling us what we have to do. So clearly he's he's tapped into the no, you know. Why is he even still alive? Like, why is he and Jon Snow still alive at all? Like, shouldn't Jon Snow have been killed by Grey Worm? Like, the minute that... The minute that what? The minute that he confesses? Because yeah. seriously, like, what the hell? As far as anybody else knows, the dragon picked her up and took her away. Yeah. Nobody else was there. Jon Snow, who I guess I can appreciate it because he always tells the truth, uh, uh-huh. when he walks downstairs and goes, hey, everybody, um, I, uh, I, have some, I have some news here. I have uh, good news and bad news. Uh, uh, uh you know the dragon queen <laughs> and they all say yes we do <laughs> yes. remember well, how she was alive yeah i i i deaded her she dead now <laughs> sorry <laughs> whoops so anyway and then and then Tyrion, since he's up there doing his thing and telling everybody what's what uh then starts going into like we should t- with with Peter Dinklage's shitty fucking uh, accent. I'm sorry, everybody. He's not that good. 
I disagree. Peter Dinklage has very expressive eyes. I, I won't deny that. If he were acting only with his eyes, he would be brilliant. But he doesn't. <laughs> he talks. And he's not that good at it. And so anyway. Oh, I, think he's, I think he's wonderful. Yeah, you and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Then he's like, he's like, all right, so uh, what do we have? The, I can't do a good impression of Peter Dinklage's bad accent. But anyway. Just do his, do his voice from uh, uh, Infinity War. Oh, God. No, thanks. Um, oh. Well, it's pretty much the same. It's just louder. Um, but then he's like, we have to find someone with a good... <laughs> he turns into Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> we have to find somebody with a good story. And then he starts talking about stories in a way that seems like the writers are just stroking themselves. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Who has a better story than Bran? Yeah, Everyone. Everybody. Everyone has a better story than Bran. Exactly. He's the most boring character. And he was in the books, too. I'll say this much. He, he, in the books, it's clear that he's going to be a very important character because he's probably got more chapters than anybody, but they all suck. They're They're boring as hell. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. And so not only does he have a shitty story, but then it's like, hey, we should make him king, although we've got no real real understanding of what his powers are or what he actually even is. Uh-huh. And uh and then they're like Yeah, he sure, Bran the Broken. What a great story. He's he's he got snapped in half and we don't know anything else about his story. We've seen him turn his eyes white and we don't even know what happens then. He just sort yeah. of disappears and works into something that we never actually see. Right. And then he's like, so, uh, so, Bran, since I'm running things here now, uh, will you be the king? And Bran, who's been the most character we've gotten from him the whole time is just that he's super stoic, is like, uh-huh. well, I didn't come all this way for nothing. I'm like, what right. the fuck yeah. is that? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I'm here? I mean, Bran wasn't even in season six of the show. Right. Like, there's like a whole season without him because his story is so boring. Well, and they've been hinting at him being important, but never explain at all what that actually means. It's like, well, I yeah. I remember all the stories. I'm like, okay, so what? The last guy that remembered all the stories was an underground tree man. Like, yeah. had he not existed, things he would be pretty much the same. Yeah. And then, like, I guess he was supposed to be real important with the Night King, but they don't do anything with the Night King no. at all. No. Like, like nothing. We don't learn anything about him at all. Like, I mean, my wife has been rewatching the series. Yeah. Um, and, like, the very first scene of the show is it takes place in the north. Uh, it takes place north of the wall where um, some Night's Watch members are investigating some crime. And and long story short, it's a White Walker situation. And, and it, it like, like, that's the first thing of the show is, is, oh, man, there's something going on with, like, creepy undead monsters in the great wide north. What, what are we going to learn about these guys? And the answer is nothing. Right. We'll learn 
anything. I mean, not one thing, not what they want, not where they came from, not are they going to come back again later? You know, like we don't learn anything about them. And they spend so much time building up the Night King in like the previous seasons um, to like to like really good effect where we're like, what's that one episode hard home where? uh, Oh, yeah. Where there's like the battle with them. Yeah. And like that episode is kick ass. And then like like Jon Snow and like what's left of his army gets away. And the Night King is like standing at the edge of that dock and he does like the raise the dead and like all of the dead come back to life and you're like oh man this guy is really powerful and really amazing and uh it came up with one of my favorite memes of the last couple years which is like the night king with his arms out and he's like come at me snow um but uh but like you've got like this character who's set up who who hasn't had one single line and you're like this guy is really powerful and really important and i can't wait to learn everything about him and we don't learn one goddamn thing no and honestly i don't need to know that much about him other than in terms of brand's importance like i'm like you know what go ahead and leave the backstory of him mysterious but like give me some sense of why he wants to kill brand so much yeah like what does he what is he? What is Bran? And and what or or what does the Night King know? Or what does he just want to want to like, get from he, him? Yeah, yeah. Does he want to kill everything? Like, is that his goal? Is to destroy all life? Because then, then what? Well, I mean, but, I guess you could say that about anybody. You know? Okay, so everybody wants to rule the whole kingdom, and then and then what? So yeah, but I guess, but but at least. Here, I mean, the other people you have speaking about it or something, some degree of motivation would be helpful. And I yeah. feel like the best thing would be to go like, here's why Bran is a threat to the Night King. Yeah. Here, but, but again, that would involve going, here's why Bran is important at all. Mm-hmm. At yeah. all. And they don't do anything. No. Like the best part, the, I think the best thing that came out of the entire Bran storyline was Hodor. Um, like the, the hold the door Hodor sequence. Like I thought that was really well done. I was like, Oh, so that's why he says Hodor all the time. Cause he was trying to save someone and his brain is now scrambled because of Bran. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of like him traveling back there and, and being involved in some way. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the, the, the name thing still didn't work for me. I, uh, something about it was just stupid feeling. Hokey. Yeah, yeah, real hokey. But 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 not the idea of like him. That's the actually maybe that is the the one thing with Bran where I'm like, all right, cool. That's something he can do. Yeah, and that's about it. Like like before before this season, there was like all kinds of like theories that I read on the internet, and like one of them was that Bran was the Night King. Yeah, and that and that like he had come back in time, kind of a thing, and and he was he was coming to kill himself, kind of a thing, like like all kinds of like fan theories that were like interesting or thought provoking, and the show just decided to not do anything. No, yeah, and and like what is the three eyed raven? Yeah, you know, like that's that's what we see the most of Bran is him having stupid dreams. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. so so speaking of Tyrion and him being there when he shouldn't have been, and people letting things happen that are stupid, why would John be allowed to talk to Tyrion? Why, you know, like why or why would he? Why would he? Uh, yeah, why would he if he was go- if he wanted to talk to Tyrion? So okay, so Tyrion gets imprisoned right for being a traitor. Uh-huh. You and your incest, <laughs> you and your incestuous uh, queen, uh, with this this conflict going on, who who doesn't seem to trust you anymore. You're gonna say to her, "Hey, I'm gonna go down and talk to that traitor for a while, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. why? Why would that happen?" You know, I think yeah. I think that's the moment that they'd be like, yeah, you can go talk to him. And when you're on your way out, I'm going to fucking jail you, too, because clearly you're on his side. You're plotting against me. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Tyrion has a conversation. Like, Tyrion has made a lot of bad decisions. He's pretty much caused a lot of these issues. And... Had he hasn't made he hasn't made a good decision in like two years. Uh yeah, like I he think used even to be like this. He used to be the smartest character on the show, and now he just kind of guesses about everything. Well, and throughout the whole thing, I mean, he's been trying to talk, uh, pretty much keeping his family safe. Um, so it's caused a lot of problems. And then uh, he has one conversation with Jon Snow. And John's like, "All right, yeah, I guess you're right. I should go kill the woman I love." (laughs) (laughs) And he he changes his mind that quickly, and then it's done. Just as it's done, even more quickly, he walks up there and he's like, "Hey, babe," and she's like, "Hey, you know, I I really do love you. We can let's try to make this work." And he's like, "Okay, Shank." It's so anticlimactic. Yeah, uh, it 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 was the worst. It's just like the show's got to end. It's got to end. Wrap it up. And then when everyone's like, "Yeah, you know what? We'll get on board with this stupid thing. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and make Bran the Broken our hero who runs the kingdom." And then someone, someone goes, "You know what? No, nope. I, <laughs> his sister, will not allow it." Not in my kingdom. I will be queen. Well, that's right after she says, but his junk doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) And then then you've got the council who's put together by Bran the Broken. Uh, And who's on that council? Well, we got Sam, who just needs to be important because show's got a show. And... Mm -hmm. Somehow he he now he's just like the most important member of the Maesters, uh, and then you know I don't know who else is there Tyrion who just does nothing but screw things up, and you know a couple other people of the the Onion King or whatever he was the, the Onion Knight yeah yeah da- who, Davos who honestly is my favorite character in the entire show, but I also don't see why he would be there. Uh, he should have died. He should have died. Like so many, so many of the characters that are still alive at the end of the show, all should, should be, be dead. dead. Yeah, they should all be dead. Which would have sa- which would have freed up a whole lot of screen time for the characters that 
that make it to the end. Oh yeah, I mean if the if the Night's Watch or the uh, the Night King fight had actually had any consequences, <laughs> yeah, there would have been a lot of space for important things. Yeah. Um, and then we got Brienne, and we'll have to come back to her in a minute. And then you got Bran or Brom. Uh huh. What the fuck? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why at all? And and like what the conversation they're having at the end where it's supposed to be kind of funny for some reason uh about like needing to take care of the brothels and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I guess that actually kind of fits for him. So again, why? Why would this guy be in charge of something important? Is mm-hmm. it really or is this just supposed to the show needs to end on some comic note. Yeah. What the hell? It's like the end of Star Trek, the next generation when they're all like sitting around having a card game. Although the end of Star Trek, the next generation was good. Ugh. well, this sucked. Fuck you. It did suck. It did suck. Like, I mean, it was really bad. I mean, I, 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 I think I said this before, but like it took an outstanding television program uh, for I want to say six and a half seasons, it was really, really good, and then it turned into just a mediocre TV show that seemed afraid to make difficult decisions. Yeah. Um. So, like, like I was saying, my wife has been watching the, the series over again. In the first season, they've literally got soldiers killing babies in their mothers' arms. Like that's how, like raw the the show is uh-huh. like and how and how unafraid it is to take like chances and then in in this this season you've got nobody nobody important dying nobody like and then and that's like what was the the main one of the most compelling features of the show is that you didn't know who was going to survive like important characters just because they were important didn't mean they were going to make it like when rob stark dies like that's crazy. Like, cause he was basically the main character of the show at that point. And then he's just dead. And then someone else becomes like the, the main character. So like at any moment, all these people you care about could just be gone forever. And then in this season, nobody dies and they, they fight through the, the craziest war that there's ever been. And they all survive. Well, and and with it being so you don't know who's going to die, like almost random in a sense, it it's very different from other things. And it definitely feels like it's not being done for the sake of the plot. It's it's the consequences of people making decisions that could be good or bad. And some people just winning fights that it's like, yeah, they could. And then here, instead of if you want to have things turn and go like, all right, we need to bring this all together in some way. Let's, as we incorporate some sort of order to things, have it be at least really good. They're like, hey, you know what? We're going to do things for the sake of plot conveniences. And who cares whether they're good or not? Yeah. It's yeah. it's like things coming together with purpose, and it's the stupidest purpose. Yeah. Um, and then you were talking about Brienne earlier, and I wanted yes. to like mention yes. how 
all of your all of your powerful female characters in this show spend the last two episodes just crying. All right. I, I will I will defend to some degree. This this is gonna be a bit of a of a of a walk. Um Okay. So if a lot of things had been done slightly differently. So so Jamie going up north to begin with mm-hmm. should have been just I I need to make sure that we kill the White Walkers. So I'm here for that. Uh-huh. And I'm only letting you know that Cersei has, is sending other people because we need to know about that so it doesn't end up screwing up this fight with the White Walkers. Right. And I'm going to leave <laughs> as soon as it's done to go back yeah. to her. Um, I don't have a problem with him sort of deciding to go back to, to Cersei. Um, but in terms of being surprised, like it, it, he should not be running back because he's like, hey, wait a minute. They're going to go kill Cersei. Oh, no. <laughs> like, Yeah. So anyway. well, like it also I mean, Jamie Lannister's story gets totally wrecked in the last few episodes, too. Like, like, I feel like he should have died during the long night. Like, well, we could say that about anybody, though. I, but, but I mean, like, if, if, like, my theory going into the last season is that Jamie was going to be the one that killed Cersei. Like, if it wasn't Arya, it was going to be Jamie, because you know that's kind of where his storyline was going, where where he had finally like completely turned against her, and he would be the one that brings her down because he's the only one who could get close enough to her to do it. Kind of like. How Jon Snow kills Daenerys, I thought that's how Jamie was going to kill Cersei. Um, and then, like, basically, he just runs back to her because he's in love. I don't have too much of a problem with that. I, I, I thought for a moment maybe he would be the one killing her, and I was like, no, nope, he doesn't have it in him. And all of this growth of his throughout the whole show, I think it makes sense, actually, that he would... Like like someone being addicted to something, be almost broken free, and then just give in. And so I don't really have a problem with that. But and, – and, and when it comes to Brienne, I also don't have a problem with her crying with him leaving because of that. But not, not because she's like, oh, no, I loved him. This hurts. But more like, oh, my God, this guy had all this potential and – I had so much hope that he would, that he would grow, that that it would like solidify, and that he could be the man that I know he has in him. Like her crying when he leaves, if she's crying for like out of like a mourning or grief for him having given up on himself, I'm totally with it. I'm totally with that. But they also shouldn't have had them sleep together the night before. That was uh-huh. totally unnecessary. Like. Uh, there there has been some romantic element to their relationship. I'm not denying that. But more than anything, I think she's been a friend to and in love with the man that she knows he can possibly be. So, uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm down with her mourning and grieving and stuff. I'm not down with the, oh, you're a virgin? Here, I better do something about that for you. <laughs> and then yeah peace out i'm going back to cersei like when he says like i've everything's been about her and i'm i'm just pathetic i'm like yeah i get it you are go ahead give up go back 
Yeah. But there's just all these different stupid things that they did along the way where he, like, he should, there's just no reason at all that he should be surprised that, like, oh, shit, they're sending dragons down to uh, King's Landing? Oh, no. Like, yeah, of course that was going to happen. Yeah. And, she, she said that's what she was going to do. Right. Um, <sighs> how do you feel about, um, I guess you mentioned it briefly, but Sansa being queen of the North? Actually, here, I, I don't exactly have a problem with that other than that, like, Everyone else should have said, like, well, if we don't have to be, if if we have an option here, I'm going to opt out of the whole he can be my king thing. You know, like, everyone else should have, like, including the Prince of Dorne who came out of nowhere, you know, be like, well, then no, I don't, I thought we were here to all unify. Screw it. Uh, if you're, yeah. if, if his own sister's not going to bend the knee to him, I'm not either. Um, but I had kind of thought... Okay, so a long time ago, she had a conversation with was it with John? I think it was with John about how people die and then they become songs. And this whole set of books is called The Song of Ice and Fire. So what I thought might happen is that um John would die and he would be the song of ice and fire because he's got the north in him and he's got the dragon in him and i i thought it was possible that that would happen and then that sansa would end up and like i i thought he might have to kill danny and uh and then um sansa would be the queen of everything cuz i i felt like that's how they had been setting her up anyway so i wasn't surprised at all that she was like nope i'm not bending the knee to anybody um so so I'm I'm sort of okay with it. Uh I guess cuz to a degree I was expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it, there was a lot planted in terms of, you know, Danny's going to go crazy because that's what happens to these Targaryens when they become powerful. Um so that seemed I kind of expected that. Although again, like they totally did it terribly. They they didn't pace it well. It was like, oh, there are these hints. And then it's like, there go those bells. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. She heard the bells and totally lost it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, sorry. So anyway, when it comes to Sansa, you know, she's not my hero in the story or anything. But I it made enough sense to me leading up to it that I'm I, I was OK with it. OK. Uh, what about Arya? Arya, I liked her a lot in the books, um, and I like Maisie Williams as the as the character. So, like, I'm pretty okay with how things went there too. Like, sh- I'm okay with her killing the Night King. It's just again these writers being terrible and pacing things terribly um, that it felt anticlimactic. Um, but I'm not. I don't have a problem with it being her who did it. I, I felt like she was, she was destined to kill some important people, um, and then when she decides, like, hey, you know what, Westeros isn't for me. I'm okay with that too. Although I've heard a lot of people point out, they're like, when she says, "What's west of Westeros?" Bran could have been like, "Well, let me tell you, because <laughs> I know everything." So, you know, there's an island out there, or like, yeah, ocean. I mean that could be a bad answer 
Because what if she's just out there in the ocean and there's nothing else? And then they all run out of food and die. <laughs> she just goes around the world and ends up in Dorne. And she's like, oh, huh. I guess I'll just go home now. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay with her, too. Yeah. There's uh, there's really... I was pretty... Two, two de- sorry, I'll, I'll say this real quick. To a degree, sure. like, things could have pretty much gone anyway. All, because, you know, I, I've it's Game of Thrones. I'm willing to have things happen differently from how I want or how I expect. It just needs to be done well. So even, mm-hmm. even Bran being the king of everything, I could be okay with that as the outcome if it was done well. And it was just done terribly because... A slave or a uh, a prisoner walking out and telling everybody how the world's going to run and then appointing him king is not a good way to do that. Yeah. Based on his shitty story. So anyway, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm reminded of a moment in like the first season, I think, when Cersei's talking to Ned Stark and she's like, when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. And for the most part, that was true. Up until the last couple episodes when everyone who wanted to be king kind of survives until the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it, it stopped being you either live or you die and it just becomes, well, you live, but like somebody else is going to win. Like, I mean, the whole the whole point of the show is who's going to win the throne. And the winner of the show is Bran, who wasn't even playing the game. Which... I think that's sort of the point because it's the whole like breaking the wheel ideas. Like if you're not playing, then like if you're playing, then you're part of the wheel. Um, right. But I but I do think you're right too that like Jon Snow gets to live and wander off to the north, even though Wormtongue or whatever his name is would have killed him. Um, wait, Wormtongue? Who the fuck is Grey it? Worm? Grey Worm. Um, who's Wormtongue? Oh, that's Lord of the Rings. That's Lord of the Rings. And then Wormtail is Harry Potter. Um, a lot of worms. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, at the end it's like, hey, Grey Worm gets to go live wherever and, I don't know, have a house or whatever they give him. Bran, Brom, Jesus Christ, Brom, even though he threatened to kill everybody and whatnot, gets to be appointed to council Tyrion doesn't die. He still lives, and now he's the king's hand. Uh, Again. The king gets to be the king. The queen who wants to be a queen gets to still be the queen. And, uh... Yeah, everybody else, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, it's it's like everybody got a happy ending. Oh, it's way like too happy. Everybody who survived get a, gets a happy ending. And it ends on a is, joke. Did it? What was the joke? Oh, it was it's between stuff the about the brothels. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, pretty disappointing. Would just would you would you <clears throat> recommend the whole series to someone? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Would you warn them uh, about the last season? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like it's kind of like I would totally recommend the show Lost to anybody. Like I think Lost was a great show just the last season was was terrible because it becomes very clear they didn't know how they were going to end it. Yeah, I'm like that with the X-Files. I'm like, watch it, but once you stop enjoying it, stop watching it. Yeah. Because it's not going to get better. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 
Yeah. I, I but, am interested in seeing and in, in reading the books when they come out. Like, I imagine the books are going to come out pretty quick now that the show is over because you're not going to read the books. Oh, no, I'll definitely read them. I just have no <clears throat> belief that they'll actually happen. Oh, I think he like was deliberate, like waiting for the show to end before putting the book out. That way there wasn't competing narratives at the same time. Um, but like uh, I had a whole a, a few other theories about the show, which was like, I think last season, like when Jon Snow and Daenerys bang for the first time and she's like, I can't have children. And he was like, who told you that? And she's like this witch. And, and, he's <laughs> like, and you just you just believed her. Like, I thought that Daenerys was going to be pregnant and then her and Jon Snow's child was going to end up being the king, like the, the, the true heir to the Iron Throne kind of a thing. That would have and made sense do, as a song of ice and fire, that it's in <clears throat> one person there, too. That they don't, but they don't do anything with that at all. It's, it just seems like they, there's like so many plot points that they, that they had and they either forgot about them or just decided, well, we only have six episodes, so we're just going to ignore it. Well, that would definitely be one of my warnings to someone who's starting the show now. I would say, like, by the way, there are going to be about 50 things that you think are really interesting and compelling, and you can't wait to see where they go, and they just get dropped. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, those, those dire wolves that seem so important... <laughs> <laughs> Not important at all. Nope. Whatever happened to Bran's direwolf? I think it died with Hodor. Hmm. And then I had forgotten what happened to um, to uh, Arya's, and I was like, "Oh, I can't wait for that to come back." And then I was reminded that she ran into it somewhere along the way, and it was like. I'm just a wolf now. And she's like, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I kept waiting for, uh, for her wolf. What's her wolf's name? Nymeria. Nymeria. Yeah. To come back. And then she does. And it's like, hi. All right. Uh, please don't eat me. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, my favorite, my favorite thing is, is, and, and I may be imagining it. Cause my wife just got to the red wedding in the show. And, but like Rob Starks, Direwolf, like they chop off Ugh. Rob Stark's head and then put the direwolf's head, yeah, on his shoulders. But apparently, that's not in the show. It's just in the books. Yeah, it is in the books. I I, I had hoped that it wasn't in the show. I was like, I didn't see it, so I hope it wasn't shown. But I think yeah. my brain has kind of created the imagery anyway. Uh huh. Because <laughs> as you're talking about it, I'm wanting to throw up. Yeah. Ugh. Um. But uh. Yeah, like it's just so many great moments from a show that it's just really it's more disappointing than anything that the the last season was so much of a a letdown. Yeah, I know there are all sorts of like Reddit threads and stuff like that where they talk about things that got brought up and lost. Um so it's not like uh it's not like it's not all out there, but it would be fun sometime just to kind of sit down and read through the plot summary or, or Wikipedia or something and go like, oh, yeah, these were all the highlights and these were the lowlights and these are the things that got missed. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, do you have anything else about Game of Thrones? Oh, I'm sure I have lots, but I think that's that's all I got for now. Okay. 
Um, we'll stay tuned for a future episode of This Week in Game of Thrones. Matt, anything to plug this week? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, by the time this gets listened to, I've probably already plugged it. Um, but I started watching some videos on YouTube called Cynical Reviews. Those uh-huh. are pretty good. Cynical Reviews on YouTube. Okay, great. I'd say check out our website, thisweekinfilm.com. Um, you can find out anything you want to know about the show there. Uh, and I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film slash television programming. See you then. See you then.